to Thailand for Christmas what's the plan you gonna come 450 BA need to book it now baby <laughs> okay GDC podcast number 10 in the studio this week we've got Mike Pelanconi aka Prince Fatty Mike welcome yo give thanks and praise that's all man would say as he's not here I'm solo tonight Okay, you're gonna I, speak for him. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> You'd have to get a funny effect on your voice and change me up. Drop me like <clears throat> two octaves down. Yeah. So what's happening? You're right. Well, good man. Yeah. I'm thanks good. for having me here. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see you, man. Just had a nice dinner. We're all juiced up. Good to go. Yeah, that's it. Harry's mac and cheese. Oh, too good. Too good. Order it in advance. Fast eat or whatever the website's called. <laughs> so you've what have you been up to you've been out in LA recently haven't you yeah that's it I've been out there working um, with this girl called Jovi Rockwell awesome singer nice uh, you might have heard of her because she's been working with Major Lazer and Shaggy and Neo okay. and people like that so um, she signed to Delicious Vinyl who nice. I've worked for for many years on and off what's and, the connection there um well, funny enough, she went in with a Holly Cook album and said she really liked the sound, and they kind of laughed because they'd kn- <laughs> they'd known me for for a long time since yeah. uh, the the mid '90s and stuff. So they were like, "Well, actually, we know this guy." All right. So um, they happened to call me when I was shutting my studio down in Brighton, and the timing was kind of perfect. Um, yeah. So they called me up, said, "What are you doing?" I said, uh, "I'm shutting my place down. I'm in a bad mood." And they were like, "Well." Maybe we can cheer you up, come out to LA. So that's it. So that's where I've been on and off for the last three or four months. Okay. So yeah, it's been cool. The album's sounding good and uh, it's pretty much done. Just got to go back and finish a few things. Then I just got to mix it in August. Okay, nice. Busy. That's, that's the plan, yeah. What, cool. what were you doing out in LA before with Delicious? What was the... Um, back in the day, I was working as a sound engineer and um, and. Oh, and Davenport brought me and a friend of mine who's an awesome bass player out to um, work with her. And then we just never came back. <laughs> just, yeah, one thing rolled into another. Yeah. There was always another song to work on. Or, yeah. And um, Mike Ross, the boss of Delicious, is a very cool guy. Yeah. And he loved the way my friend played bass and he loved the, the way I recorded. And so he just let us loose. Wicked. And then um, eventually, yeah. It was time to come back, so... You had to pull it. yourself away, tear yourself away. Yeah, yeah you know what, I, I really loved it, but I wanted to come back to England anyway, and the music started to get a bit too R&B for me. Okay. So I came back to, to you know, to get back to the root school business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And, you know, where I belong. What, what were the vibes in the studio out there, though? Was there Were there lo- lots of musicians, lots of different... Yeah, well, Studios obviously for Delicious, I was working with Fat Lip and the guys from the far side. Okay. Uh, I was mixing a lot of stuff that Jay Diller was remixing as well. So I did a lot of work with him. Jay Swift, the original producer of the far side as well. Wow. I did the Bizarre Ride. 
and uh, Mike was heavily involved. Mike Ross was heavily you involved. You did that album, Bizarre Ride. Jay Swift did, yeah. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, I yeah. wasn't involved in that, no, okay. but Jay Swift did, yeah. So <clears throat> I came along kind of after that, like about a year year after that. So Lab Cabin, California, had just come out, and yeah. the whole vibe with, with Jay Diller was kicking. Wow. But the, the label was, was yeah, it was mad. It was mad. Good fun. There's like 30 people working there. The offices on Sunset Boulevard. Wow, you know, a lot of pretty girls. Yeah, good, good parties, good music, good DJs. Why'd you come back, man? Well, like I said, it, you know, it was yeah. good fun. Yeah. And then um, in the end, the music started to get a bit too smooth for right. me, so yeah, yeah. I had to, to to get out of there and come <laughs> come back to. Yeah, I'm not really a ballads guy. Okay. I like, you know, I like a ballad. Yeah. You know, it's cool, <laughs> but not really to work on them or, yeah. So that's it. So that was really, and it was time to come back anyway, you know. But working there in the old studios, it was it was really cool. Working at places like Sunset Sound and mm. uh, Hollywood Sound Recorders, where like Prince did his early album, his first that's albums, it. and Marvin Gaye and Parliament and Wow. And uh, yeah, to, to come from England and suddenly be in Hollywood and be working in these studios was pretty cool. Yeah, meeting no all doubt. these mad old characters and. Like the studio manager at Hollywood Sound was a cool guy, a guy called Jesse. So he was always telling me stories every day and telling me which microphones to use because they had a mad collection. And it was always, yeah. Is that where you cut your teeth with the, with with the engineering? Or? You know what? You were just. I was just surrounded by amazing people. So mm. like, in, we'd be working on stuff for Delicious, and Rick Rubin would be in the studio next door. <laughs> working with bands or you know other hip-hop producers would be coming in other times there's a place called soundcastle we used to mix that and snoop would be there mixing his things so there's always there's yeah. always good fun yeah you know and everyone just being in a good mood and yeah yeah a lot of barbecues <laughs> yeah, yeah but you nice said that you said you started your uh, <laughs> recording career you were just saying earlier about the tapes at school yeah, doing well, stuff with that. Well, funny enough, that was the thing with hip hop because when I when I first started out thinking about sound and tape and cassettes and vinyl, when I was a kid, I was I'd copy cassettes for people at school for money. So they'd they'd bring me the, the blank cassette of their choice and then just pay me a pound or one pound fifty. Yeah, and then I would record the, the albums that that I had. It was basically my older brother's record collection. Yeah, so I would just take that and I uh, just do my thing. Nice. So that's when I started realizing about levels and recording things properly and okay. stuff like that. So to me, working for the hip hop guys was just the same, taking the same sample yeah. vibe and attitude. And so, cause often in, in those times we'd be working with just a drum machine and a loop. Yeah. And then you had to make it sound good. So in a way you were learning about mastering things or, right. or dealing with mad things. Cause often as well, the Maybe the sample that was in the song would got got sampled using a really bad turntable with a bad needle. Okay. Yeah. So the whole thing was out of phase, or so I would put it in phase and make it sound fat and bassy and good, and so yeah. then they thought I was a genius. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it, was, it still okay. came from my cassette days from school. Okay. So, so that's that, where you that learned was, it. All. That was the beginning of the yeah, yeah. the mixtape thing as well, understanding all of that kind of thing. Salute. Yeah, salute. So, so, so what was the... uh what, to all the crying Welshmen tonight. Oh, uh, <laughs> poor Wales. 
Yeah, they won't be the only one feeling the blues. No, that's true. Fucking that's it. It's all good. Um, so what was the what was the transition from that music to the music you made now? Like, were you doing reggae before that, or did you move from like the hip hop soul stuff to reggae? You know what? It kind of all came around roughly at the same time. So I was used to, obviously, I grew up in a house where um, my older brother was playing Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, and yeah. Black Sabbath, and all that kind of stuff, and The Doors, and so. I was hearing all of that and then my dad basically was into Latin music and Spanish music being because okay. I'm half Italian. Yeah. He didn't actually like singing in English, okay. which I kind of get. It's actually this a Spanish vocal is actually kind of cool. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. Um and then my mum was just banging out whatever just cheesy, you know, bony air more. Right, okay. Some piano whatever business. Yeah. You know the 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 blonde guy, what's his name? Richard Clydeman or whatever. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheesy yeah, kind of so it was, a, it was a funny kind of mix. <laughs> but I had family in New York, and I remember visiting them in Brooklyn, and it was kind of like the early 80s, and I was really young. And I, that kind of blew my mind. And that, that was like the hip-hop thing. I started hearing that, seeing the guys in Brooklyn walking around with ghetto blasters and hearing Schooly D. Yeah. Um, and I came back with a couple of records. And then that was kind of the beginning of hearing some of that. So, yeah. and then obviously, the kind of Run DMC and Beastie Boys by then was started to have hits anyway, but there was a lot of stuff like bands like Original Concept and yeah, from that thing. So I knew all about that. Yeah. And because I, I was playing bass, I just loved all music that had a good bass line basically. Yeah. So anything bass related, I was interested in. Yeah. So obviously, reggae was as soon as I heard it. But I already knew about the Whalers and Bob Marley and all yeah. that, but. Um, I locked on to Burning Spear and all the dubs and stuff like that. So, so did uh, you get into? Yeah, how did you get? Did you go from reggae to dub, or were you straight in on on the effects uh, and the, well, the deep stuff? <laughs> this is funny. So what happened was I was at school learning how to play bass, and my friend who's half Spanish, he's playing drums, and we were messing around. And he came to me one day and he said, "Hey, I've got these records." from my mum's record collection and they're a bit weird it's just drums and bass mm. there's no vocals or there's not much music on them it's just drums and bass and i said i said wow yeah that sounds kind of good <laughs> and he said yeah i don't like them do you want to borrow them <laughs> and i was like sure yeah i'll check them out yeah. and that was uh, joe gibbs chapter three the famous dub album a dub of uh, israel vibration which is very hard to get the original one by fat man Okay. Called same song, yeah. Um, Garvey's Ghost, which is Burning Spear, and a few other bits. And basically, his mom had been to art college in London, and I had a, I'd had a raster boyfriend, right? And he'd taken her down to the record shop and made her buy 10, 10 albums, and you know, made sure that her selection was was very good. And fast forward, I don't know, 10, 15 years later, you know, I've got those Deep records. And I, I still have them now. Hey, really? Yeah, my friend wasn't interested in them, yeah. He was into, like, the Beastie Boys. He was like, oh, I'm not into that shit. And his mum didn't care. She was like, oh, you can have them. Yeah, really? <laughs> so that was it. And um, That was you? So that was it. I was, like, 15, and I had a pretty heavyweight already, just kind of like the 10 major heavyweight dub albums already, if you yeah. see what I mean, as a kind of template. And um, 
from there it took me a long time to then find dub albums that I liked because I pretty much found everything disappointing. Yeah. Well, anything I mean. after those. Is, yeah. Because yeah. I just thought all dub would be as good as that. Okay. And then I realised it wasn't. <laughs> so then I had to go and dig and find the yeah. things that, that were actually good, like the, obviously the King Tubby or the yeah. Scientist or Linville Thompson or yeah. all the other guys. Because, you know, there's a lot of good people, but when you're actually kind of just trying to find out and you're just stabbing into the the record box blind, then obviously it's... <laughs> you can have some interesting results. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. So it's cool, you know? It's not like now. Now you can audition everything before you buy it. But right. Sometimes in... We you know when I was a kid, you were just in a record shop and you just either had to go for it or not. So yeah. sometimes the record covers kind of <laughs> like spoke to me. So okay. I was just like, I gotta have this record. Yeah, yeah. Most just, of the time, just from the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the time, I think I got it right. So yeah. it's cool. Well, you, I mean, your stuff, the artwork for your stuff's wicked. Like, who do you use for your. All right, yeah. Jake, I mean, Jake, Jake's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah very specialized yeah yeah absolutely yeah. he's actually he's a bit of a star wars kind of underground art art guru okay people that all the star wars freaks know about him yeah, really? he gets, he's done lots of work for the star wars foundation yeah there's George that one, one up on the wall there yeah yeah, yeah that's it's it. amazing so man he gets flown to all the star wars conventions and okay. he's actually friends with all the guys that like were in art like r2d2 really like an <laughs> He's what, friends. in R2-D2? Yeah, all the actors. And they're still being used now. The old 70s guys still get the jobs. Really? Still get okay. them now, yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, nice. So nice. there's like a whole little Star Wars. So that's a lifelong career, is yeah, R2-D2. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. So it's pretty cool, man. Big up <laughs> R2-D2. Yeah, nice. Put that on your tax return. <laughs> Hell, I think, yeah, that's it. Well, what's your occupation? <laughs> yeah, R2-D2. R2-D2. <laughs> I'm sure immigration officials uh, yeah, they might love him. <laughs> so um, so you brought some tunes with you. Yeah, there you go. Do you so want to drop a I've got a little selection a in for you. Wicked. So th is this your own stuff or is this... What, what have you got? All right. Well, well what do you want to start? Well, I can play stuff that we've done or um, I can actually play some things that I've been listening to. Well, let's start with something you've been listening to recently. Alright, let me Just get the ball rolling. Yeah. Alright, the main thing what I love about going to LA is buying records, man. <clears throat> okay. And finding records. There's records everywhere. Mm. Even now, it's still really good. Yeah. And um, what are the stores to hit out there? You know what? It's actually individuals. Mm. That's the mad thing. So. Um, well, like Gumtree sort of thing, or. No, you got. There's a few shops around Hollywood that are still good, and there's yeah. a few some of the the, the record cent, you know, the ninety nine cents warehouse things and all that. But the record fairs are off the hook. Yeah. Mo most of the best guys are like sort of dealers where they they actually just sell at the the record fairs. So, yeah. Um, they don't they don't even bother with websites or I think they might have their own lists or whatever. <clears throat> but, um, so they're just hand to hand selling records. Yeah, well, you've got to go around their house. Okay. Yeah. Really? And it's crazy. Yeah. You've got to sit down and, and wow. Do the whole I, thing. I went to a record fair at Capitol Records in the car park. It was just blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So you ready for this? This yeah, one's man. Bobby Bird, Hang Up Your Hang Ups. And I think uh, the lyric is pretty relevant. Okay. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. We don't need 
I was going to say, there's some James Brown in that. No, that is, that's James Brown's backing band. Yeah. Okay, there you go. 1973 with Bobby Bird, who was James Brown's backing singer. So That's hot. You know, he's, he's the man. And I, what, I, li- um, I like the lyric as well. Yeah, yeah, which bit? Just what, you know, like what he's saying, hang-ups we don't need, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It is it's pretty very direct right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, simple and, uh, yeah, just right on the point. What draws you to a record like that? What's what's the thing that you know? What I like a message. I like yeah. a groove. Yeah, and uh, I like some attitude. Okay, and um, I think that kind of has it. And that's uh, that's like Bootsy Collins and all that in okay. the early days. You know, yeah. it's good. Burning. Yeah, burning hot. Bootsy and his brother Catfish. Yeah, and that's mess. Bobby Bland's drummer as well, Chubbo okay. Starks. I don't know if you know much about Bobby Bland, but not a huge amount, no. Well, he's another old school wicked blues legend but his drummer Jabbo Starks had played for him forever and then uh, James Brown in the 60s poached him okay so <laughs> James Brown always stories of him just being super militant right yeah just yeah well I think he was pretty competitive that's it yeah so he wanted to make a good show yeah he wanted the best musicians to play for him yeah and um, yeah Jabbo Starks was 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 amazing you can imagine like I love Bobby Bland and I'm gonna play some of him Okay. In, a, uh, in a little while yeah and um so you'll hear jabbo you know same okay. drama okay and that's yeah, the nice yeah. thing about the records as opposed to like the downloads or or spotify or whatever with the vinyl you can actually get to learn the musicians and where because obviously the you know all the credits are on there and people took time and c- cared to credit everybody for the work that they did so yeah yeah you get to learn which drummers were or which studios or which producers and stuff so once yeah, I musicians learned, don't get any credit these days man on iTunes yeah I mean I don't think it's done on purpose I just mm. don't think it, they, they realise do you see what I mean yeah. so as a music fan when you find something that you like which could be a band or a sound or, or something yeah. like that then what was helpful with the vinyl is that you could then learn a bit about it so then if by 
remembering the, the name of the producer or something next time you see a record and it had that same name on it you know it yeah. would just ring a bell so I'd go yeah. oh yeah oh yeah Joe Gibbs or Errol Thompson or yeah I know if Errol Thompson's done that then yeah. it's gonna be good right right and that's it you see yeah. what I mean yeah, so you yeah. kind of it's the same thing with Motown or all those kind of vibes as well yeah yeah it seems like the the there's a transition in, in knowledge now like kids will know so albums and songs but not necessarily the fine details of, of musicians and you know producers and stuff like that Right. I so. think it's just down to the listening experience. So most people tend to flirt between songs. Mm. They don't actually, rarely do you take time to actually turn your phone off and listen mm. to an album from beginning to end. Yeah. There's only certain albums you can do that with anyway. Most albums aren't good enough to do that, so that's fine. <laughs> but the ones that are good enough to do that, most people don't listen to in the right context. So right, right. I think something's been lost in that. Maybe like in a film, some films are better watched in a cinema as opposed to on right. your tablet or yeah. your laptop or something. Cause yeah, you're, sure. you're supposed to experience the the sound of the helicopters and yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know the whole panoramic views and all these things that maybe a small screen can't supply or, or deliver. Yeah, it's the same thing I think with sound. So, and like in reggae terms, we we all know that big speakers make nice bassy vibes yeah for sure <laughs> so with music that's bass related you yeah. gotta have a big speaker and that's it sure. so if you like hip-hop and reggae and all those things dubstep or jungle or whatever then you gotta have a speaker that can play it back it's true otherwise man. forget it to be honest with you that's what's kind of doing my head in now with most really? things so i think um yeah that's what's that with the speakers and quality of playback yeah 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 we work hard to make it sound good and mm. people listen to it and this all sounds stupid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know we invest all this money yeah, yeah and um and then sadly maybe you know i don't know i don't know what the the, the quota would be like two-thirds of the people to me seem to be yeah. listening to it on really stupid speakers so yeah. i think we've gone back in that respect not forwards can you just move all your songs up like you know an octave so <laughs> it wouldn't make any difference yeah i just think it's just like i don't know like i remember just as a kid growing up everyone had a fat hi-fi in their yeah. living room yeah. whereas now everyone's got small speakers and yeah. stuff like that yeah, so it's yeah. probably better for noise pollution but not so good really for the music yeah. so um i think now yeah like uh, that's why in my in my mind i got this whole thing with more hi-fi less wi-fi you know oh nice that's it it's so, like the next album yeah i think if instead of spending 600 pound on a phone spend 600 pound on a spare, pair of speakers and a turntable fair dues yeah fair dues <laughs> and it it won't need a software update <laughs> it won't crash <laughs> that yeah. is true yeah and um it's future compatible <laughs> there you go there you go so yeah. you got another another track for us all right check it out this is um so while i've been in america i kind of discovered jackie wilson so most people know him from the the kind of repetite classic thing but um i didn't realize he'd made some really heavy beautiful music mm -hmm. so when i find someone that i like i tend to get obsessed and then i just buy all their albums from a certain period or whatever so jackie wilson's one of those guys i always knew about him but i didn't really know anything of him really and um, 
the man's just incredibly talented to watch this. This is called My Tale of Woe, Jackie Wilson, mid-60s on 45. So Jackie Wilson, t- t- uh, tales of my, uh, my tale of woe. My tale of woe. <laughs> yeah, my tale it's of woe. It's pretty heavy stuff, man. Yeah, Jackie, f- phenomenal talent and Did production. Did you pick that up? Yeah. So this, LA. this, these are things that I've been buying over the last few months. Just yeah. like I said, when I'm, when I really lock onto someone, I just start, start Columbo style. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go through. I have to know everything. The back catalogue. Yeah, and I just start digging in. But um, they're wonderful productions. Or, you know, that's with an orchestra, you yeah. know, a choir doing all the oohs and, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Tough, Serious. tough, super disciplined drum and bass rhythm yeah. section. Yeah. And back in those days, recording was a real challenge. Yeah. They didn't have, like, endless tracks. Yeah. And, so they'd have to record 
the, the vocal and the orchestra and the band all at once. Yeah. So you really get a sense of performance from that. Well, that's what you do in a lot of your recordings, right? Is that like a, a hark back to that style? Yeah, it comes from two things. Like um, generally, the more people you tend to have when you record, mm. I think the better vibe you get. Okay. So well, in the room. In the room. Yeah. yeah. So um, in general, I think there's there's benefits from that also speed wise as well. So some people might think it's quicker to record things bit by bit and have more control but I'm the opposite of that yeah. I'd rather have them I try and record the most amount in one hit as possible yeah so I fully relate to the old school working yeah. methods yeah, like yeah. That. is that what did you make a conscious decision at one point and did you get like how quick was it from that point until you got a band together and started recording no I've always worked like that that's yeah. the thing my training all right because I grew up working straight away when I was 16 started working in studios so yeah. there was two there was two sides there was the the sort of professional big sessions going on with musicians yeah and then there was the kind of hip-hop jungle drum and bass thing that was going on yeah so that would be different that was just like maybe a DJ a rapper and then you'd be trying to help them and some you know they'd come in and want to sample some things that was a more of a you know yeah. like what you what, what we do now yeah but the, the major sessions or live sessions were still traditionally done with, um, you know, with people playing and performing and yeah. going for it. So um, that's how I learned. So that it was always natural for me to, to work like that. Yeah. If you were lucky enough to have three, four good quality, you know, high caliber musicians, then yeah. you'd want to just set them up and, um, you know, buy them, a, buy them a sandwich and hit record. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the sandwich that gets the vibe going? Well, sometimes, you know, the musicians are hungry and if yeah. you feed them, they, they're actually happy <laughs> and they play for you. They play anyway, but it's better to, you know, a musician that's got a belly full of food is... Yeah, yeah that's true. I can relate to that. Yeah, Bob Marley was right. <laughs> yeah, true. So who have you got in the band at the moment? Who's What's the setup? Um, well, it's the usual crew. Horseman's obviously always on the, on the drums. Big shout to Horseman. Then um, the Rassites back me up. But um, I've had Dub Judah on a lot of sessions as well. Yeah. Um, Bubblers from the Rough Cut bands, you know, yeah. always doing the keyboards. So yeah. I tend to have a mixture because the keyboard player from the Rassites, Cyrus, he plays piano, Bubblers plays the organ. Um, the bass players, I'm always switching around just depending on who's around and the feel that, that I want. Yeah. So I'm, uh, yeah, Dub Judah's been, um, before I shut the studio down, he was in and out of my place a lot. Yeah. So the, yeah, the foundations. Uh, very heavy yeah <laughs> serious serious so, so is that I mean, like so like, you've got that part of the recording process you got you got the band together how do you approach it with the the engineering side what's uh well you see in philosophy the, in the studio in brighton that i had basically i kind of built it to have a certain sound in mind and so it was permanently set up yeah to to just record so literally the music it took 15 minutes to, to record the drums were always mic'd up the you know the the keyboard the piano all those things they're always lined up ready to go so when you have your own place like that and it's kind of fine-tuned so um yeah there's a lot of music yeah it's crazy so you know i've been out in america just doing all my new things all my new stuff's going to be coming out delicious final wicked uh, which is really exciting and like yeah, i man. said i'm going to be working with my old buddies so oh you like, bring the same 
yeah so i'm trying to bring i've always loved hip-hop it's always been in, in my natural thing anyway so obviously people know me for having done like versions of shimmy shimmy or yeah insane in the brain and all those yeah yeah so i got on breaking bad didn't one of them yeah, yeah shimmy shimmy was on breaking bad yeah wicked and um so from all those things it's natural for me so for me to be able to put those those guys and they all love reggae as well you mm. see what i mean fat lip from the far side a big dub fan okay so for him to rap on um on like reggae beats yeah. is, is awesome you know it's, it's fresh circle, right so it's kind of like where, where we're coming back against yeah and um you are know, you going to bring all your like the same gear that you used to record in brighton or are you going to use the stuff out there or have you got like have you got like some desert island analog gear that you kind of need in all your sessions um, or, or you, you'd want to have in all your sessions yeah it's cool you know there's a i've got a few things yeah there's a few couple flag cases that get got shipped out okay but not you know it's cool man yeah um Whatever's all, going. all the backing tracks already done before i shut the studio down i, I recorded all the rhythms for for jovi yeah um a couple other bits i did in harston you know up at the fish market where i used to record before oh, yeah. so um yeah it's cool so over there it was just like a voice in and and writing thing okay so now yeah that's already all the fatty albums already so i got one like i said the next one's called uh prince fatty and the viper shadow there's one called prince fatty rids the world of the Di evil dictators so um you'll be seeing <laughs> yeah the cover's kind of funny on that <laughs> as you can imagine you got a selection of dictators on the on the cover yeah it well is? it's me and horseman and the crew obviously doing as uh you know as we should do yeah as and just you know cutting into the desert and getting rid of all the evil dictators nice as you do us all a favor <laughs> Get yeah. rid of them. well this is it's very topical yeah yeah for sure yeah <laughs> so yeah it's all do good. you um do you play do the band play live at all everything's or, live yeah as in do, uh live shows like or are you only yeah. dj at the moment or yeah, mostly me, me and Osman just go out on the road and do our sound system thing. So um, yeah, so we're around. We're doing Boomtown, and we've been out in Europe a lot. Just come back from Italy. Yeah. So that was cool. Out the south of Italy in Bari. Yeah, that was awesome, man. Yeah. A big rubber dub dance right on the beach overlooking the Adriatic. Yeah, it's too very good. very good. There's a big so there's cool. a big reggae community in Europe, isn't there? Like. It seems like your your music has been really well received out there. Have you had like some pretty good experiences yeah, doing shows out there? Everywhere we travel, we have a blast. I'm always pleasantly surprised. I think actually possibly the the smallest place for reggae actually is England in a way. Right. So perhaps the English people don't realise that outside of England it's so well received and loved and yeah. respected and so on. So even now, coming back from California, I was hanging out with scientists, Shaggy, Sean Paul, and people like that. And they're all, you know, the if people don't know, but actually the California is now is, is a very important part of the reggae scene as well, music scene in general anyway. So a lot of artists I know and a lot of record company people I know yeah. have moved out there. And then, you know, it's kind of become the, the center of music again. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's... I can see why why as well yeah. you know it's sunny yeah uh then don't you know it's kind of it looks to me like uh there's a lot of venues and places where you can play and yeah maybe here in england it's not quite so easy yeah. if you see what i mean yeah and uh especially daytime to show up with a big sound system and make a bunch of noise for sure whereas actually yeah um in california they're, they're pretty cool 
like well, that. The gig circuit in the UK, it kind of confuses me because there's, there's so much good music coming out of the UK, but when you go to do a live show, it just doesn't seem to have that same infrastructure as if you go somewhere in Europe. Like we played in Cologne at Summer Jam, and like the setup was just unbelievable. Everything's laid on, you know, everyone's there to kind of help you out. But the UK scene, it seems like a bit of a shit fight. I don't know if you've, if you, if you've tried to like use decks at a venue that aren't fixed up right, or do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I can see some of that definitely. I'm not sure why that is, mm. but uh, I'd have to say, yeah, in general, that like, people are a bit more fussy. Mm. about sound quality abroad anyway yeah. as opposed to here this is why it brings me back to the first point I was saying it's important to in, in, in the back of my head I've always got this thing that we, we need to re, re-educate everybody yeah. and uh, go back to having more high quality so more hi-fi less wi-fi Kavish. there it is so let's bring back the sound quality you know For sure man and actually stop that. stop playing um low grade mp3 files and all these things there's nothing wrong with digital but you just have to make sure the sound is good just like with analog bad sound on analog or bad sound on digital it's all bad so let's just bring it back to having a good fat juicy moist I don't know gravy you know all these kind of things yeah like the the records you're playing they just sound incredible not like trebly thin distorted sped up and horrible you know yeah so you see what I mean so often when we come along me and Norseman because we we actually turn the sound system down a little bit okay and then we put the the vinyl on the vinyl's more bassy so uh, like sometimes (laughs) we've like uh, for Rodigan we were doing this thing and um because the dub plates draw more power from the generators so i've actually okay. taken out some of the sound systems at festivals because <laughs> the um, they've pushed the volume to the maximum yeah for people playing on cds and laptops i show up with the vinyl and the dub plates and they got more yeah. bass on them than the cds right so what that generally what that means is for the sound system to reproduce the bass of the vinyl it's got to draw more current more electricity it needs more electricity to play back my music yeah me and Osman's work you see what I mean yeah, yeah. because of the extra bass He's sapping the national it grid. needs it needs more power and if the generators at full already at, at you know at 99% limit yeah then we show up with the dub plates and it just it just they can't take it so then you have a problem like Scotty phones up from the engine room and goes <laughs> You know, I'm not going to do a Scottish accent. <laughs> yeah. And then next thing you know, the, the sound system goes. Yeah. So wow. they don't realize the power of the vinyl. And um, But yeah, no, we get commented on that a lot, even just yeah. by the sound system operators or the yeah. engineers at festivals. They say, wow, that was really nice. And like I said, I, I go to the effort. I take my own needles. I know how to adjust the decks. So I give them a quick tweak. Yeah. And just off we go. And it's cool just needs a little TLC and yeah. you know that's it but the main thing there's nothing wrong with digital but you just have to still have to have a um, a conscious sound quality thing right. going on so because you you use bits of analog and bits of digital right yeah I use both yeah. and I've recorded lo- loads of stuff just on digital yeah so I, it's, I don't have a problem with that mm. um, it's just um, in how you use it if you see what I mean yeah so um 
I think you can still use digital equipment, but have an analog mindset. Right. In other words, by being more recording with more ambient vibes in mind and recording with a more performance vibe in mind yeah. and all those things. Okay. So the thing is really the digital analog thing is really just like the recording format. Mm. So if you record well, then I think both can sound good. Yeah. See what I mean? They yeah. both have their own little styles. Yeah. So, um, but at the moment, yeah, I think generally overall, the overall sound quality is poor. Right. And the equipment in all the venues and in all the, the festivals is awesome. So actually now, I think it's the it's what's happening on the stage. So it's the the DJ mixers mm. or the the CDJs or how the producers have compressed all the music too much yeah. in the studio. <coughs> so when they're, they're playing it, excuse me, when they're actually playing their own mixes, it's too compressed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When the, the sound suffers a little bit. Yeah, it's just, <coughs> there's no dynamics, there's no, mm. so sometimes it's like overcooking things. Yeah. What's, um, what's been your, What's been your best gig experience so far, do you reckon? This year? Just generally. Wow. Okay, um, this year. We'll narrow it down to this year. <laughs> you've done a lot of gigs. Um, I think up in Oxford for Rodigan, we did a jam and um, for the best of all guys, and it was off the hook. Yeah. Yeah, really loved that. Um, back in California a couple of months ago, did a thing at the Dub Club. And it was kind of like an impromptu thing with Jovi and Scientist and all the guys are there. Wicked. So, yeah, that, that was heavy as That's well. That's pretty serious, man. So, um, yeah, it's cool. I don't know if, you, if you've ever been to the Dub Club. No, I haven't, uh, no, no. Yeah, it's cool. So it's like California's biggest kind of like reggae club. Okay. And uh, in Echo yeah. Park. Yeah, very cool. Every, every Wednesday. Yeah. And they always have good music, good DJs. Because you got good people there. you got like Shinehead. Oh yeah, um, you know other good musicians as well, like uh, like I don't know, like uh, the famous drummer of Peter Tosh, Santa Davis, okay, fully forward, you know some heavyweight so old scene. school, old school guys. Which so um, so yeah. that so that was a good gig, the the Dub Club one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Italy recently was fun as well. Like I said, when we were out out on the sea, that's beautiful. So it's yeah. nice to be, you know, for us that being in England yeah when we get to play out in the sunshine and yeah. <laughs> actually, well, we're going out to actually Outlook. overlooking the sea and are you going out to Outlook yeah definitely it? looking yeah. forward to Outlook yeah, yeah good, Outlook big jam always good vibes and, um, yeah this time um, I got the boat trip this time so I'm looking forward to that nice nice Those I got my wicked, sea legs man. yeah so. yeah bring your sea legs man I'm good I'm good I'm okay like, you're good to go I, I grew up on an island okay so I'm right. good <laughs> So uh, do you want to run another tune for us? All right, so let's, um, let's just go back to the beginning now yeah. and uh, play some of the early hip-hop business and reggae business that, that vibes me up. So earlier we were talking about Fat Man. So um, let's dial in Fat Man and go back to some dubs. Sweet. From uh, the Israel Vibration album called Same Song. This is one of the albums I had when I was like 15. Okay, yeah. right. So, yeah. 
that kind of like blew my mind just hearing the drum and bass with the reverb like that. famous band yeah Israel Vibration that was a dub of one of the songs from that Wicked. they had a famous album called Same Song yeah and um, but when they released this album apparently their elders and the whole Rasta kind of community didn't want them to commercialise themselves and make records so they'd been told not to release any more records okay. so that why it just it's just actually labelled Fat Man Rhythm Section oh right it doesn't actually mention Israel Vibrations really? name on it at all they had to go under the radar so for that they one. just put it out like that as a dub so as not okay. to get told off yeah. here's some more of it
so when they're mixing, like the dub mix on this is all live, it's on the desk, right. there's no computer thing, so they're just rearranging it by bringing right. elements in and out. Yeah. But the simplicity of it and the depth. And yeah. So when I started working with Jamaicans, when I was like 16, 17, when they said, oh, we need to do a dub mix. This is how I tried to make it sound. So then they'd look at me and go, you know how to do dub. (laughs) You see what I mean? Italian 16 year old. They didn't realize that already I'd been listening for two years. I'd just been listening to Fat Man. So this is what actually I took as this and Joe Gibbs. And um, you know, yeah. King Tubby meets Rockers Uptown. Yeah. Those three albums are what. And I play some of that next. Listen. And you, you do the same thing with your music. You run it all through the desk afterwards. Yeah, I mix yeah. in the same style and fashion. Yeah. Just live arrangements on the board. Yeah. With normally not more than one, one or two echoes and one reverb. And yeah. Just go in. You've got some videos online, haven't you? Yeah, li- yeah anyone it. listening, go and check out Prince Fatty YouTube channel. That's There's it, Prince live. Fatty TV. You that's can check one. it out. There's some dubs on there that are only available on, on YouTube. It's <laughs> YouTube massive. <laughs> so, all right, so check it out. This is uh, King Tubby meets Rockers Uptown. I'm going to play that next. This is a classic album, uh, and... It's actually got like um, the drum and bass from Bob Marley's band. So it's okay. Carlton Barrett and Family Man Barrett on the drum and bass. And uh, like I was, you might have heard me earlier talk about Errol Thompson. Mm-hmm. He's another famous mix engineer. Even though this album's called King Tubby Meets Rockers Uptown, Errol Thompson was the mix engineer alongside King Tubby. And uh, and it's, you know, he's credited on the back. And right. it's also why but it not sounds on the amazing. <laughs> but not on the front. <laughs> never gets old this one does he like pan the bass left yeah it's what the Jamaicans call a split mix okay how does that work so on the sound system on the balance yeah because you can run it on mono okay so you can choose what the info information that's on the left or the right. Oh, so if right. you don't want the drum and bass, yeah, you, you pan the balance all the way to the right. Okay. And you get only what's coming. I didn't know on that. The dub side, yeah. Wicked. So often with dub plates, you can find when they're mixed like that, they got the the rhythm section on the left and the vocals on the right. Okay. Or in this case, Augustus Pablo's melodica.
so you can imagine like having heard like only like whatever Led Zeppelin, The Doors yeah. and all the classic things yeah. and then I get given these albums and I'm listening to that and I'm just thinking yeah <laughs> I just need more of that yeah so <laughs> yeah it's very it happens, different to Zeppelin <laughs> as it happens um when I first moved to London now so I'm, I'm, I moved to West London mm. and I'm actually, uh, I don't know if you heard of Dave Katz, the journalist. All right, yeah. He's the guy that wrote the Lee Perry autobiographies and whatnot. Right. So uh, I started working for this recording studio and um, I needed a place to live. And one of the guys at the studio said, hey man, there's a room in my house available. And it happened to be, that's where Dave Katz, it was basically Dave Katz's house. Okay. So my friend was, was, was living there as well. And uh, so the next thing, I'm in Dave Katz's house, and in the morning when I'm waking up, all I hear is like Lee Perry. Yeah. And I, at this point, I hadn't really heard any Lee Perry, so to speak. Yeah. So after a while, it took me a minute to kind of, you know, build up the courage, but eventually I was like, uh, dude, uh, can I have a cassette, please? <laughs> <laughs> and then that was the, he was actually the, and possibly the coolest person, and, you know, like, uh, most uh, what's the word I don't know like knowledgeable person on Lee Perry as well so he yeah. kind of introduced me to Lee Perry in a nice way so it was good Wicked. fun so big up Dave Katz wherever you are in South London big up Dave but um, let me carry on with the King Tubby meets Rockers Please. Uptown business another heavy dub called Say So same rhythm section as before yeah yeah so it's the Bob Marley back in the band family man on the bass Carlton Barrow on the drums So you just relabel them. So this one's actually just called the corner crew dub. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. On some of the dub albums, sometimes you kind of got to figure out where they actually came from. Okay. It's a few lads on the corner. That's it. But, you know, producers would give each other backing tracks and do versions and stuff like that. Yeah. 
and people loved King Tubby and wanted Tubby to have his own versions to play on his own sound and right. it's like giving exclusives like you know like me giving you guys mixes to play on the radio or yeah. when you're out clubbing or the how the mongols give me specials or yeah, yeah. it's just yeah you know Wicked. and then um once they start to move and you can put them out and it's all good yeah and that's where the whole version thing and i think the extended remix thing and yeah and i think that's what was so influential and perhaps people don't always realize that uh i think the reggae music really inspired all the hip-hop as well yeah so um the extended mixes the disco mix all these kind of things the instrumentals on on vinyl yeah. that, that all came from the reggae thing so even though like the the hip-hop guys kind of i think they were influenced by that as well but we have to remember that a lot of the um early rappers were actually jamaican immigrants you know their parents had, had come from jamaica in the late 60s but instead of coming to london they went to new york yeah. <coughs> so you know those guys grew up and then they kind of did their own version yeah. of sound system culture yeah so it's common knowledge like cool herc his uncle was an old school jamaican sound system really? operator okay. yeah and if you listen to cool herc yeah, knowing yeah. that it yeah. kind of makes sense that's nuts man yeah i guess the uh <coughs> the connection's been i guess more recently it's been more prominent like with nas and damien marley and then Chronics and Protégé doing collabs with people from the hip-hop community. Yeah, I, th I mean, I think it's always been there, the mix-up mm. thing, even from Yellow Man and Africa Bombata yeah. back in the 80s, uh, right through to like Supercat and uh, Buster Rhymes. And I think it's just one of those common things because we know actually it's, it's really good. <laughs> so it's a when perfect you, combination yeah it? that's it when you got like a, an awesome American rapper and yeah. you know, like Jamaican MC singer then it's kind of you know yeah it's gonna be good yeah man for so sure. we were talking earlier about original concept let's talk about them now sweet alright this is New York Rick Rubin executive producer old school uh, early 80s hip hop So, What's GDC, this is just to let you know what I used to listen to every morning on my way to school. There it comes. It's more psychedelic than Hendrix, baby.
nuts. Yeah, original concept. So Absolutely that's like hip hop in its rawest, purest form. Yeah. In the sense of like it's just that's an 808 drum beat, and then just a DJ mixing the breaks back in on final. And if um, yeah, if you think about it, that's yeah. like some real mixing skills. You yeah, see how yeah. he's making it all just heavy and just seamless Crazy, and perfect. Yeah. And was that Rick Rubin? Uh, the production. He didn't produce. Well, it's on it's on Def Jam, so he was like okay. executive producer, so okay. you can kind of hear like his kind of electric guitar influence. But yeah, for sure. Original concept for me were were a heavy band that a yeah. lot of people don't really talk about or know about, and okay. so these are the kind of things that I was listening to. Yeah, I said on my way to school. Yeah. <laughs> what What do you look for in a woman? Big breasts. Big you rump, fat thighs. Big. Breasts. No, you Dr. can't be serious. <laughs> big breasts. Actually, I'm not talking about chicken barbecues and stuff. No, no, no. What do you look for? <laughs> big breasts. Let's talk about. There's got to be a certain. What big films is? Yo, come breasts. Okay. Is, is breasts allowed on the GDC vlog? We've, we've done way worse. Sure. <laughs> so, with that in mind, what All is right, it that you in, look people. for in a woman to truly excite you? Big breasts. I think he's saying big breasts, dude. She was a big fat lady. Yo, hold up, wait a minute. Yo, what I'm talking about is love. She was a big fat lady sitting on the corner, looking fat and greasy, and nobody wanted her. She made it for mine. Obviously, being Prince Fatty, I, I always relate to songs that talk about fat things. You know? So, here comes another one. on the way to school yeah so this is the thing when I was a kid and I went to New York and I I, I came back I would just went to the record shop okay because I was seeing all these guys walking around in Adidas the ghetto yeah. blasters and all yeah. that yeah and uh, my aunt at the time was living in Brooklyn and like I said that was like Brooklyn back in the day yeah. so that's like and I was like 10 years old wow so like you know early 80s or mid 80s or whatever so I was just getting into my my groove yeah, so yeah. Soaking yeah. it all up. So then um, that was it. It was the beginning of the hip-hop experience. Yeah, yeah. Wicked. Original concept. There's a, it sound, there's a bit of Farside in there as well. I don't know if any of the any of the rappers are from Farside, but I'm hearing that similar sound. Well, these guys were just the the beginning of the... the that's the thing. These were the... You know, alongside all of them... The, the classic guys that we all know yeah but they were like you know the originators of the whole thing yeah so w when it comes to it you know um i think a little bit of them influenced everybody yeah and music in generally all good music influences everything if you see what i mean yeah. so it's a universal vibe yeah Ladies and gentlemen, the most exciting thing 
me, Dougie Fresh. Yes! Have you ever seen a show with fellas on the mic with one minute rhymes that don't come out right? They bite. They never write. That's not polite. Am I lying? No, you're quite right. Well, tonight, on this very mic, you're about to hear, we swear, the best star rappers of the year. So, so, cheerio, yell, scream, bravo. Also, if you didn't know, this is called the show. Yeah, and you know, if you love Inspector Gadget like me, if uh, you used to have to watch that, I'm into that after school, yeah, 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 then you know. So to me, all these things had the same sound system vibes to them. Right. See what I mean? They were just like sound system records, like yeah, yeah. for party vibes. Yeah. So to me, this sounds the same as like uh, the classic, I don't know, Yellow Man or right. Chandra Law's Roots Radix. Yeah kind of productions from back in the day so when i moved to london now and i started hearing all of those like uh i'll play some in a minute the aces international album right which is like yellow man and eco mouse and all yeah. those guys playing live then um you'll see the the comparison okay and uh let's start that up next this is aces international so this is like the the Chanjo laws era of reggae music for the roots radix fans and the whole volcano sound system thing and uh, you'll hear what's coming up next. Yellow Man, Eco Mouse, and all the bad boys from that era. Murder! Or murder! 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 live on the sound system volcano sound system full effect
You'll hear in a sec, Ecomouse will call for Yellow Man, and each okay. MC that comes up will then call up the following guy. Sweet. All right. This rhythm is known as Diseases, yeah? It's a classic song called Diseases. Here comes Yellow Man, watch out. Yes, that's a true scene. Boy, I'm going to tell you, I can't take the vibes at all. At all, at all. Physical, physical, everybody 
to get physical, physical. Got this a DJ, him do a lower collar. Remember yellow manna, with all facial. Me have a baby and me have a rental. And when me come a Oakland, me tick up pretty girl. Cause physical, physical, we want to get physical, physical. So we want to get physical, physical. So we want to get physical, physical. We talk for the sound, this is international. But yellow man, I youth, him even have enough gal. Sometimes he muggle in Caribbean in a regal. Sometimes he take a tour over Port Royal. But here all we buy sound like Christmas carol. Me say physical, physical. We want to get physical, physical. Cause everybody get physical, physical. Hey. We want to get physical, physical. I will me say, me favorite theater, Caribbean. Me do chat to girl when they see them P-Roller Cause this a DJ have enough pimpala Me own a BMW and me own a rental And when me come a Oakland, me pick up pretty girl Cause physical, physical, I say we want to get physical, physical And when me say, if you're happy and you love it, man, forward Second, 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 mother yeah, so, so, so when I moved to London now and I'm in Brixton and, yeah. you know, Volcano Sound System and all those things, all the cassettes were, were for sale and, you know, they'd be coming by and all that. So it's wow. kind of, I started to hear in all those things and I just wanted to, I don't know, get more of it. Yeah. yeah but yeah. it was hard to get and yeah. you had to know it's different. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah, for so, sure, man. So how did you, so I'm hearing it like, an element of what you're doing in you know from the influence from that music you're playing and horseman definitely yeah. comes to mind all right like, well, how, see, how did you meet horseman all right well horseman now he was in that whole sound system thing from day one yeah so he was the mc for the resident mc for taurus and and you know like in london there was like a lot of sound systems so um, some of them are more famous than others, maybe because they had a few hits or because they were in films. Or, but actually, I have to say, in from my understanding of it, from back in the era, like Taurus was the one. That was the one that actually had the the you know some serious followers, and, yeah. and also they they had what I like about it is. Apparently, from I never went obviously because I was too young, but <laughs> I was like seven years old. But from Horseman, like, um, like I get the impression that it was a very smart sound system. Okay. So they'd play soul and you know, right. like all kinds of music, but it was a real party vibe. Okay. <coughs> and um, that's what I'm interested in. Like, I like uh, at the end of the day, this is my thing with my relationship with like Delicious Vinyl and even. My cross, my cross used to run famous parties back in the day, yeah. and um, really, it's about entertainment and yeah. having a good time and right. being free, yeah. musically free. So you can go from you know playing like soul or reggae or hip hop or and not worry about it. Yeah. So usually, if um, if from a historical perspective. The sound systems that had a name called tone at the end of it like tipper tone all these kind of 60s sounds okay. they were actually more it meant that they played all kinds of music you see what i mean so then all these kind of names kind of got into it so right. 
like the hi-fi thing and okay. stuff like that. So yeah. it, all, it all kind of spun off. But in real terms, most people don't realize that all the big sound systems, they play all kinds of music. Yeah. So if you know about that, like even heavyweight sound systems like Kilimanjaro and stuff like that, okay. Yeah. If they're inspired and they're in the mood, they'll play Michael Jackson yeah. at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and it's just down to how they feel and mm. what they want. So they're actually a lot more open-minded than perhaps you think. Mm. So if you've come from an English perspective, maybe, yeah. or a UK perspective of only hearing certain things, then yeah. you don't realize that perhaps. But actually, when you go back, if you talk to MCs like Tipper Irie from Saxon, yeah. Um, Saxon was another famous UK sound system and they'd play all kinds of stuff yeah. so it's just whatever they wanted and so was no. was Horseman MCing for tourists at the time yeah like, so how did you so, connect with him well years later now I start working for a recording studio in Brixton um, literally when I was 16 called Lion Music and it was on, on uh, Acre Lane and um, lots of basically all the all the Jamaican artists when they were coming over to the UK, they would often pass through okay. and uh, line music, they'd record dub plates or do some recording for their albums or whatever. So that was the kind of beginning of me meeting and hearing about certain people. I don't, I didn't really, I don't remember actually really talking to Osman, but I remember him doing some sessions down there and people talking about him saying that he was a good drummer and he was a good MC and everything else. And then, um, <clears throat> however many years later, a few years later, um, I started doing some, after working with Gregory Isaacs and Michael Prophet and a few people like that, um, I got some other sessions involved with the Rough Cut Band. And the guy from the Rough Cut Band said to me, hey, listen, you know, there is one drummer that I know that is really good and his name is Orsman. And I said, yeah, I know, I know of him. Okay. So bring him to the studio yeah <laughs> and that was that and then that was that so yeah. we've been like friends ever since yeah. and working ever since and we've we've done a whole heap of albums yeah you, you know he's on jeans under your belt right? he's on you know all kinds of things all the prince valley things his album mm. obviously many guest albums we've worked for manu chow and worked with a lot of other artists yeah what was Brazil. it like doing stuff with manu chow yeah, Manu was cool, man. Yeah. He, he loved the... I did a remix for him and he really loved all the vibes. Okay. So he came over and we recorded three or four tracks for him and had uh, Mafia from Mafia and Foxy on bass and Osman on drums and... Wicked. Yeah, we did some, some nice recordings. So, all, you know, me and him, we travel a lot. We've been to America, Guadeloupe and Thailand and so <laughs> we always serious, have... Serious combination. Have an adventure, but... He's like a walking, talking reggae jukebox. Man, and, um, the guy's a whirlwind. Yeah, musically, he's pretty hard to beat. Yeah, like that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because so, you've done you've done the drum drops thing with him, haven't you as well? Yeah, his his knowledge of records and sound is really heavyweight. So right. when you're working with him, it's really nice to work with a musician that actually understands records. For sure. So you can say, look, we're going for this kind of thing, and or this kind of era or that kind of drama or this kind of feel and, yeah. and he gets it yeah, yeah. so um, we yeah. need to get Horseman in on the show actually we need to uh, <laughs> yeah. get him to play some records I'm yeah, sure that, he's got a pretty deep deep knowledge that would be awesome man he's been terrorising his neighbourhood with sound for <laughs> forever <laughs> can do it so, somewhere else that's it so I'm sure if you invite him yeah he'll be up for it 
So you were mentioning earlier you've got a few projects on the go at the moment that are coming up. Can we hear hear a couple of those? Yeah, definitely. Bring so, us up to the present. We've kind of covered everything up until now. <laughs> All right, here come some tracks coming up from Prince Fadi in the Viper Shadow. And uh, this one's featuring Winston Francis. And uh, it's actually one of his uh, classic cuts. And it's called Venus. And it's for the, the lovers out there. Francis, you know, legend. What a legend! You've done a lot of tracks with him, haven't you? Yeah, loads. I love him. He's actually Brilliant. my 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 favorite vocalist. I'm not surprised, man. So um, unbelievable. I'm just gonna play the dub of that next. Okay, here nice. comes the dub. Just in Brighton. In the yeah, Brighton studio. I was doing these mixes as the studio was breaking down. Okay. Straight off the board. Wicked, man. So here comes another one. So you know the song Just Be Thankful is like a old school classic from the 70s. Right. Watch this. Here comes my version.
comes to it, like I was saying about the message or whatever, there's yeah, popular tune anyway, but for sure, you sounds know, universal one for that. Sounds amazing, man. Smashed it. So, so that's that's coming out soon, right? Yeah, that's with L16. That'll be coming up on the Viper Shadow. And here comes a little Monkey Man, okay. which is a mix-up from uh, Brazil, which is uh, one of Brazil's like heavyweight sound system MCs. So you get, basically, it's a mix-up between all of my gang and the Brazilian crew. So watch this. Now I like to say, big up to the man called Monkey Man. Alongside L16, alongside Mr. Prince Fatty, Arsman the Mountain, all Brazilian crew. This one of you, hear this one ya. No hole com nós, você não vai. Já repeti mais de um milhão de vezes, mas você não entende. No, 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 entende. No, 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 respeito, irmão. Vai sempre em primeiro lugar. Se você não sabe, então é bom se ligar. Respeito é bom e mantém os dentes no lugar. Respeito, irmão, vai sempre em primeiro lugar. Se você não sabia, então é bom se ligar. Monkey Giant Anari vem aqui pra lhe alertar. Respeito é bom e mantém os dentes no lugar. Chão, cobiçando a mulher do irmão, jogando em catiça pra zicar a situação. Não sou de fazer guerra, mas se você vacilar, pode ter certeza que o quartel vai vir Mas preferiu não escutar Agora chegou sua hora, quero ver quem vai te salvar Nosso time tá unido e veio aqui pra te cobrar Respeito, irmão, vai sempre em primeiro lugar Se você não sabia, então é bom se ligar Monkey Giant tá na área e vem aqui pra lhe alertar Respeito é bom e mantém os dentes no lugar Respeito, irmão, vai sempre em primeiro lugar Se você não sabia, então é bom se ligar Monkey Giant tá na área Respeito é bom e mantém os dentes no lugar No pinhão com nós você não vai lá Pra você tá feia a situação lá Pilantra na quebrada não tem vez lá Justiça divina seja feita e não tem boi No rolê com nós você não vai Já repeti mais de um milhão de vezes Mas você não entende não No, 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 no,
Man in action, Earl 16, the horse man. Wicked. So that's yeah. incoming. That's that's coming up soon. So okay. stay tuned. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. Good to hear, man. Good to hear you're still busy, you know? Very busy, man. So at the moment it's crazy. There's like seven albums lined up. So um for seven years I recorded in my studio and I didn't really release anything. Yeah. So I got a massive Wow. Yeah, it's backlog. ridiculous. It's not even a catalogue, I call it a dogalogue. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's Something just what bigger. it is so it's, there's a lot of tunes in there a lot of the sound system cuts that I've been playing out for the last few years that I've never released that I want to put out versions and yeah. different things but I'm really into like mixing all the the concepts so like it comes a version of In The Sunshine Royer's fans will know this Never walk around like the dawn of the dead spread love to my people. 
Positivity is a must if we gon' have longevity. Teach the children, celebrate diversity. Like the Beatles, they sang, let it be. Basically, gotta stay dedicated faithfully. Whatever comes easy, most likely make believe. Even Martin Luther had a dream for a solution, but without the execution, the dream is just illusion. Yeah, so you get the idea of where we're going, you know? Yeah, nice, nice. So it's it's all the kind of things that I love, like yeah. the rare groove, the soul, the hip-hop, and just with all my friends. Because you have to remember, the Prince Valley thing isn't really like a sort of professional or commercial thing. <laughs> it's my thing. Yeah. So I couldn't care less about nothing. It's just about the music and the vibes and yeah. the people that I'm working with and, yeah. and how we feel, you know? Amazing. So I'm very lucky I get to do my thing on that front. So, um, but, you know. Well, that's, that comes across in the music, man. That's that's what, the you know, every track I've heard of yours is just full of vibe. That's that, And everyone I know that listens to your music is like, yeah, that's, you don't get that from overdubbing and re-recording and getting A&R people involved it's it's the individual sound and vibe that does it so, yeah, well, yeah it's to amazing be honest, to hear man you know all the actually a lot of the what I think about if I think about the commercial work the things that kind of were big yeah. so I don't know like even the even like the pop things like Lily Allen or whatever right. no one knew or expected Lily to be so big or other records that I worked on to be big but right. when I was working on them at the time I knew they were special yeah so sometimes it's just one of those things but like I said if if in the words and the, the feeling or you know yeah there's you, you feel it then you kind of get an instinct for that so yeah. I love it when people say, oh, nah, you know what? This isn't really going to work. And then it goes to number one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful it's, thing. Yeah, it's fun. And like I said, from uh, from my first sort of professional working thing, so like when I first started, I was at Acid Jazz. Mm. Um, Jamiroquai just kind of exploded. Right. But, you know, the time was, uh, no one really believed that, that you know, a white guy... <laughs> from Eden Broadway could make funk and be successful and yet he defied all the odds and, yeah. and he was you know so good on him so many times I, I think it's kind of like there's always a negative attitude within the music thing so right. people always like oh I don't know I don't know I don't know this oh that's a bit this and that it's a lot of umming and ahhing yeah it? so actually when you come up with a good vibe and you just feel it then yeah. out it goes so I think all those things normally it, it's like a gut instinct thing and it's a quick thing and yeah. it's not to be over digested because at the end of the day it is just three minutes long <laughs> it's not a Couldn't movie have said it better myself it's not a book yes <laughs> it's, it's what it is there it is. is three minutes yeah it's kind of like the, the fast food of yeah of uh, art if you right. see what i mean you know yeah, so super so size we came from. <laughs> there you go. So they're the kind of things that, that that we go for. But um, like I said, for me, for my part, like I enjoy working on different things. 
So like um, one of the projects that I enjoyed working on was with uh, Nostalgia 77. Oh, right. So when I took a whole bunch of jazz and kind of dubbed it up. Yeah. So um, this is on True Thoughts, but Nostalgia 77 is kind of like, they're like a psychedelic jazz outfit. Okay. But he used to book my studio and I used to record for him and we're good friends. Yeah. And um, I used to, sometimes I just, as I, I was, I was, as I was setting up the mixes, I would just start to dub them just for fun. And he would say, "Wow, one day we should make a dub album." Yeah. And one day we did. <laughs> All right. And this is what it sounds like. Okay. This one called Medicine Chest. Nostalgia 77 
and um, we've actually been recording a, an album as a follow-up to this. Okay. I've got to mix it yet. It's not fully finished, right. but um, the 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 rhythms are ridiculous. Yeah, really. Wicked. Yeah. So the remix album actually led to us to actually decide to do a, an album together. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So you went back to front. It's untitled as yet, but okay. it's coming soon. Oh, man. Sounds great. Yeah. So um, it's actually something that I've always wanted to do. Mm. So listen, as, as a last piece, I've got to sign off here. Um, I just want to play something that, an album that I worked on with Mad Professor. It's called Prince Fatty and Mad Professor in the Clone Theory. Sweet. Now yeah, this is this all about the worrying vibes about the clone business. And people watch out because cloning is a real thing. So um, you can research it, you can check it out. And uh, this is one of the dubs from the album and it's by Winston Francis and it's called The Devil. And this is Prince Fatty signing out. Still, girls and boys, whose curiosity leads them to strange places. GDCFM podcast number 10 with the one and only Mike Pelanconi, aka Prince Fatty. Thanks for coming through, man. It's a pleasure every time. Big up GDC. Big up yourself, man. Toby, Harry, Johnny, and all the crew. If you can't be good, then be careful. Peace.